Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Risen Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Here we go. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mike Herringa and Zach Walker. I just want to take a second before we start to remind you guys to add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown and subscribe and listen to our pod while giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Every review means the world to us, so please continue to do that. So here we are. Episode six is upon us. We are sorry for the slight delay with the events that took place at the Capitol building on Wednesday. We decided to hold off on recording because some things are just bigger than basketball and doing a podcast was one of those things. So we appreciate the patience. We're ready to deliver the best possible show we can here tonight. Episode six, we're going to start with um, a couple things and I'm going to, I'm going to first say, Mike, welcome back. It's so good to have you back, brother. And uh, let you say kind of your, your welcome back piece. Well, it is good to be back. I want to say uh, thanks to Coach O. Uh, listen to your guys' episode last week. It was fantastic. I do have a couple things to uh, – my two cents to add here a little bit later, but I love listening to it. And so, again, Coach O, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time, and I look forward to sitting in on one of these with you soon. So wanted to, again, talk a little bit about – this week, and it's going to segue into uh, Zach and I are going to have a little conversation here too about the mental health aspect. It's been a tough year, right? We made it through 2020. Uh, we are now, thankfully, into 2021. Um, and even that only lasted here a couple of days without something going down. But uh, it's been a big week. So I hope all of you all are taking care of yourselves, taking some time to breathe. Um, taking some time for self-care and just relax. And again, hopefully we can be a part of that. Now, obviously, also, as we started the NBA season, um, all the sports in general, but the NBA did such a great job of being in the bubble. And when they got everybody there in Orlando, it went really well. They had zero positive tests. They were able to finish up their season and go through the entire playoffs. And the, in my estimation, the best run league in the country um, but now is a new year and they're doing what they can with the schedule and doing back to backs and playing the same team, uh, or only going to two cities, maybe a week. Um, but it's been tough. There have been teams that have, uh, played with eight players. 
You know, they've had to do some contact tracing. They've had to do um, more than they had to do in the bubble. And Zach and I were chatting uh, a little bit earlier, all three of us actually, but Zach wanted to take some time and kind of walk through his thoughts on that. And, you know, Zach, is, as we've sort of started out this season, are there any long-term effects to the team, you know, to, to some of these teams that are having to do this? There's obviously going to be some long-term effects to the players and making sure that they're doing what they need to do to play, but it's tough, you know? And one of the things that I get frustrated with is that people will say, oh, well, they're making millions of dollars, right? They should be able to handle it. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. Everybody does their job and they're doing their. So what do you think, Zach? Should, should, we, should we push some of these games back? Tell me some of your thoughts. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's one of those catch 22 things, you know, we're, we're all human. So when people say, Hey, they're millionaires, do what you can, even, you know, if you're making league minimum, you're still making more than a lot of regular people are making. Right. But at the same time, they're living at the means that they've been offered. They worked hard to get to this spot to provide for their family. So they're living at the means that they've been provided by, by the league and what they do. And this is their job. And that's fine. As any high paying job, whether you're CEO, you're living at those means. That doesn't mean you can't feel. And that's what's so important there. Like we have feelings no matter what, what we're having in our bank accounts. And, that, and that's what's so important. When I see stuff like, a heartbreaking tweet from Carl Anthony Towns Mm -hmm. telling him to F off 20 after losing seven family members to COVID. And I can't even imagine the mental he's actually going through and even act and wanting to get up and play the game. And you, you probably have that mental battle of saying, but if I don't, I don't know that I can go on. And I'm sure that's what he's thinking. That is his one thing keeping him going at that point, being around teammates, being around people, distracting yourself. Um, It's tough. And when I think of everybody out there losing jobs, losing everything, and, you know, suicide rate had gone up during COVID after people had lost jobs and then you're in quarantine with your own thoughts um, and had the same thoughts. You know, I'll be honest, I was off work for a couple, a couple months there and was ready to get back to work because I had thoughts that I had battled depression in my twenties. And those thoughts started coming back to me and thank God that we kind of started talking about doing this together. So we, Hey, maybe we can't be together every single time, but at least we're doing something remote so I can be with you guys and my family, my brothers. Not everyone has that. And so that's the scary. So pushing games back (laughs) for mental health, I almost think it's worse. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it is important to remember, you know, as we're watching these folks play a game for our entertainment, also for money, that these are people, you know, they get affected by what's going on in their life. They get affected by what's going on with society and, and so the biggest part of that is, is to Zach's point, if, if anybody out there that's listening to us is struggling, we get it, reach out to somebody, reach out to somebody that you love, reach out to somebody that you know, reach out to somebody and, uh, and make sure that you're connecting and having conversation because we all need that. So that, that's our intro. We wanted to make sure that we were, 
we were connecting with you guys. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough year. And so again, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, reach out if you need something. Now, on to something that might also be contentious. <laughs> we want to talk a little bit about our early season MVP odds and the leaders. So we were talking about this earlier. Mark, you want to go through sort of the top 10 or so? Um, and did you get this from, oh, you got this from NBA. Yeah, so according to NBA.com uh, right now, um, your MVP leaders um, are LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Paul George, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Giannis, Jokic, Sabonis, Tatum, and Lillard. Um, so on this X's and O's, we're going to connect this to, you know, breaking down the NBA by diving into like how these players fit with their teams and whether we agree or disagree with that. Um, is anybody getting snubbed right now? Um, who's our own personal top three kind of MVP leaderboard. Um, and so we're going to kind of break down, is this legit based on breaking down how they fit with their teams and what we foresee um, for the remainder of the year with these players. Now, let's start with LeBron James, um, the guy who could arguably have won the MVP the last 10 years um, and mm -hmm. was, you know, um, maybe shortchanged a little bit last year. Um, with the actual results of the MVP finished second, but the results um, showed quite a bit of, um, I don't, I get disrespect's not the word, but disrespect is the word, I guess that, that fits that from the voters. Um, Put some respect on his name. Yeah. And, and uh, something we were talking about earlier is a, a really interesting point is that Giannis right now is currently sixth and he's got about the same amount of points and rebounds and assists they did last year. Um, and Zach, I remember you talking about, and, and Mike, actually you hit on it too, when we were going through what's going to get Milwaukee over the hump. And even though his regular season is fantastic, you know, he's a guy that has been washed out of the playoffs. So Zach continue with that. Cause I know that that was something that you, that really stood out to you about his MVP race so far, him sitting in the sixth spot. Well, I think the one thing that we've seen that, the people that vote on this um, players have a shelf life, whether their stats stay the same or they don't. Right. So like LeBron, as we've, we've said, to be honest, he probably should have won the last 10 years because of what he does for a team. He, when you look at some of these Cleveland teams he's been on, he has made every team better, no matter what. And that is, to me, a definition of an MVP. Not only you have great stats, you're leading your team and making them better. Giannis, he's won the last two years. And to come in at six, you kind of go, are they sick of him? <laughs> are they like, we know that you can do it. Yeah, are Let's they catching on? Are they catching, catching on? on? Yeah. So like, you know, so are they going to look at a, a Luca now, who's the new young person that they probably want to give some credit to in his stats? And, you know, he's averaging 26 points a game, nine rebounds, eight assists. He might be the next guy up to win it the next couple of years. 
and I, and I referenced this, me and Mike were saying right before we started, like the same thing with Russ, he won it two years, had an average of triple double. He did it a third year in a row, but they were like, yeah, we're okay. So I think, I think at six, I think it kind of makes sense. I think it's time for the next person to get that award. Well, I think the MVP is so finicky. We were having this conversation a little bit earlier, right? Uh, Steve Nash won it twice. And Mark, I don't want to get you all fired up about who should have won it one of those years. Uh, but Steve Nash won it twice. He was never the best player in the league. He had two unbelievable seasons, made runs to the playoffs, deep runs. And, and he had that. But and, and frankly, I don't know what his year was the next year, but it had to have been similar. But eventually, it's like, okay, prove yourself. It is a regular season award, but there's got to be something. And it's really early, and Giannis may come back and win this again. But there's got to be something like, okay, <laughs> go prove yourself a little bit. So I, I'm, for me, uh, there's a couple of names on here. One of the reasons I think the MVP is so finicky, Anthony Davis is not in the top 10 of MVP odds. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Does anybody, any of us or anybody that you know, not consider Anthony Davis a top five, maybe top three player in the league? But the MVP, obviously, otherwise, again, LeBron would win it every year because he's been the best player in the league for a decade. So do we think Paul George is maybe going to stay third in this race? What do you boys think? No, no, that's that's all we're going to talk about with Paul George. The answer is no. Okay, so my my um, and it's funny to consider him a dark horse, but Steph is on fire, and we were talking about this earlier in the year, right? He's got something to prove. He's got he's got something to prove. He's been uh, he's been out for a little bit. People have been talking. Can he come back? Clay's not there with him, but that kid is on fire. I think you saw him when he looked so dejected after those first couple losses and getting blown out when they just saw him with his towel on his head, staring off into space. I think something snapped in Steph and he was like, (laughs) okay, um, I'll just do it myself. And he's coming out and he looks like Steph first couple years of championship pre KD, right? Like he's like, okay, I'm the guy I'm not passing anymore get me the ball. I'll chuck it up from wherever on the floor and it's going to go in. That's the stuff that we're starting to see again. Yeah. Quite frankly, that is the, that is the breakdown and the X's and O's for golden state right now. It's, you know um, it's Curry making and doing whatever he has to do, shooting as many times as he needs to uh, and give them a little bit of credit and, and quite frankly, give Draymond green a little bit of credit since he's re-entered the lineup uh, you know, as, as kind of one dimensional as he can be uh, he's, he's actually sneaky. Uh, he's setting up Steph with a lot of assists. Um, he is completely dominating in the assist category for them. And um, he's also still one of the top defensive players that I've seen so far this year in the league um, since he's been playing. So uh, Steph Curry to, to, I think to all of us unanimously is higher than five. Um, I think we all would agree that right now LeBron James is at one. Um, are there any other dark horses, Zach? Is, do you have a particular dark horse that, that you have that's not on the list? Or Mike, you too, whoever's not on the list that we could quickly talk about? 
Well, let me ask Zach, how's it, how's it feel to see Sabonis on there? It feels great. Now he'll never win it. You know, yeah, he's in too yeah. smart, small market of a team and no one from Indiana is going to win an MVP unless they were to win a championship the previous year. I think that's one of those things you mm. have to kind of win in the playoffs. You can't go to the playoffs this many times in a row and get eliminated the first round and then expect to have an MVP voted. Like that's which just, is, to me, that's which not is why Giannis is at six. Exactly. Potentially. Exactly. Um, but to have him up there, he's having a heck of the year. He just had a 2020 game, you know, 28 points and 22 rebounds last game against the Suns, which is great. Mm. I think he's going to probably be another all-star, but vote in. I don't think we're at the point where fans are going to vote him to an all-star yet either. That's not going to happen, but he'll be a coach's pick. Yeah. I, the, the other name that I had, well, one, yeah, I think it's great to have him back because he's, he's playing. I think the other name, and it, it feels a little bit Russell Westbrook to me. Did I just say Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook. You, you did say that, yeah. I'm just going to say Russ. Uh, give me your thoughts on Bradley Beal. Anybody? So here's yeah, Bradley. Bradley Beal is out there um, really continuing the trend of what he had the second half of last year, and that is just flat out get you buckets. Um, any way, any shape, any form, he is one of the best pure three-level scorers in the game. Um and we thought the addition of Russ would really help him. And so far, they've just really struggled to get stops and get get any sort of uh, defensive momentum throughout the course of a game. And with that being said, though, his, his stats line up to be one of the top three statistical leaders in the, in the league this year. Uh, points. Uh, specifically points and field goal percentage. He's shooting a really high percent too. The other guy that I had on my list was actually a really surprise candidate. And that's uh, Julius Randall right now in New York. Um, 22.6 points, 12 rebounds and 7.3 assists on 50% from the field, 75% from the free throw line, leading the Knicks to a good start to the year. Better than, better than anything that they've had, going in a long time um looks like they're playing some defense finally and julius randall's leading the way for them um I, we love him uh specifically mike and i because he's a laker pick um came back from a rough injury and then and then really in another contract year this year he's showing his worth um he does seem to be a guy that plays a lot harder in contract years and his stats are showing otherwise but as you can see maybe the system and the X's and O's part of it is really benefiting him with Tom Thibodeau there in New York. Yeah, Tom, he's one of those guys. He, he is that hard-nosed coach, right? And I think discipline was what a young team needed there. I, I got to watch two games for the Pacers playing the Knicks and got to watch them really, really close. And they're tough, man. Um, he, Tom has them playing hard from start to finish. There's not that point where you're going to just blow out the Knicks anymore. I think it's one of those things. There'll be that gnat at the barbecue where you're like, okay, go away, but they won't. So I don't think that they're at the place where they're going to um, win all of the close games. I don't think they have that person to just take over and go, okay, you know what? I'll get us these five points real quick. Um, but he's got them playing hard, which for the Knicks fans, they got to be saying hallelujah because yeah. my God, it's been bad. Yeah, can they? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's been bad. Can they sneak into the playoffs? <laughs> Can they take Washington's spot that we thought? Uh, you know, and if Julius Randle keeps us up, they got a chance. And that's that's really why I I like him as just somebody that his name needs to be thrown out there on that list and talked about a little bit. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to look at a couple of um, the defensive team net ratings and a, and a, a few other things uh, with offense and defense around the NBA and give you some of our surprise teams that we that we've liked to see. And can they keep the pace up? So hang with us and we will be right back. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. And we are back with Mike Herringa and Zach Walker, my co-hosts. Again, please just add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown. Every follow, we like to interact with you guys. We like to get in touch with you guys and hear what you guys have to say about what we're saying. Um, And please remember to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We've got a few, and we could use a few more. Those, Those are always nice to see when we wake up following a good podcast recording. So we're going to actually kind of go back to where we just were with the MVP, early MVP kind of standings right now. And one player we didn't get to hit on before break was Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid right now was sitting in the four slot in the early season. And we really feel like he is probably closer to the third spot, maybe even the second spot ahead of Luka Doncic. I want you guys to take a listen right now. 2021 under Doc Rivers in this new system that they're running, which we hit on a few episodes ago, he's sitting at 24.6 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, three and a half assists, 52.5% from the field, 45% from three, 45% from three. That's huge. His, his uh, career average is 32%, so he's bumped that up almost 13%, and he's shooting almost 84% from the free throw line. An effective field goal percentage is 57%, which if you know anything about basketball, and especially in the NBA when they look at that, that's really high. Uh, that, that's, that is impressive stuff. He's got, the, he's got the 76ers sitting at 7-3, and three, and, and really defensively is where he's really made his mark uh, those are some really impressive offensive stats, but defensively, the guy has been guarding all five positions on switches, and he's patrolling the paint, and obviously he's pulling down almost 12 rebounds a game. So Joel Embiid with a great start to the season as well. Yeah, And what's too- interesting is that what shows – sorry, Mike, real quick. No, what sho- that shows what adding – 
two great shooters and Danny Green and Seth Curry can open the floor for Embiid and give him even more space to work can do. Seth's having a tremendous start to the year. Um, he's had, a, I think, three or four 20-point games. I think three it was. And then Green can do what he does and defend and still hit some open threes. So they're spreading that out with that system that Doc's running, and it's giving Embiid the space to be able to operate and do what he's doing. Yeah, they got to rotate that ball around the perimeter even more, and he is he's playing. He also has almost uh, two blocks a game um, and only three turnovers uh, w- with three assists. So he's he's not a, a liability passing the ball either. He's, no, one-to-one one, one one assist-to-turnover ratio with a big guy like that in the league is good. That's yeah. solid. That's not bad. I mean, you always want two-to-one assist-to-turnover, but one-to-one for a guy like him is not bad. Yeah, and he's at again. He's adding a steal and almost two blocks. And and I want to I want to finish up on on our previous person, Bradley Beal, right? Because and and Mark, you had said you had said maybe Russ would have helped with that. I wasn't sure. I think everywhere I remember, I used to we used to joke that uh, when Russ and KD were on the same team, it always felt like they were saying, "Okay, Russ." Billy Donovan was like, "Okay, Russ." here's your six possessions, go drive the lane, go do whatever you want to do, get this out of your system. And then can we run our offense again? And that's how it it has felt with him. But Bradley Beal is carrying the water. He's averaging 35 points a game. Uh, He's shooting almost 50% from the field, almost it's so 48.9, 38.6% from three. And he's taken six a game, um, five rebounds, five assists, less than four turnovers. And I mean, this, it, it has, again, it's been an upward trajectory for him. He's sort of been a forgotten man and it shows not even being on anywhere on the top 10 list. Um, but again, he is, he's playing. I, if obviously if this keeps up, he's going to climb that ladder a little bit more. Yeah. If that doesn't spell MVP, I I don't know what does. And somebody get him to a squad with some people around him that can defend. My goodness. We're looking at almost three years in a row. This guy just putting buckets on people's heads night in and night out. He deserves to be in the playoffs. I'd love to see it. His step backs, boy, those, those are so hard to guard and, and he's hitting shots over sometimes two and three defenders on the perimeter. Uh, yeah, the, the difference is Beal is two and seven right now, at least yep. according to the statue that I'm looking at. Did you see what he said? He said, uh, look, right now we can't guard a parked car. Yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> nope. They can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and they just lost Thomas Bryant with an ACL injury for the uh, season. That's a big uh, one. Huge spark off the bat be- or starter this year, but huge spark for them. Uh, always plays with a lot of energy. So best wishes to him. And everybody else that's gotten injured so far in this early NBA season, just continue to – we hope that this is a a healthy – as healthy of a season as can be given the fact that COVID is is still a very real thing. You have to deal with that on top of it. Yeah, Fultz is another one. Prayers up to you, big fella, because you were having a good season. Yep. Markel Fultz is well down in Orlando. So that is our – that's our conversation on the early MVP. Um and so now we're going to go into um, some defensive team net ratings. Now, we chose this because um, we talked about offense and defense in our season preview. And um, some of these stats are actually pretty good to see. Um, I think we are looking at the overall defensive net ratings for these teams. 
Um, and we're just going to talk a little bit about them and how this can, can help them. Milwaukee comes in in the first spot with a plus 10. Plus 10. The Lakers come in with a plus 7. Brooklyn comes in with a plus 7. Phoenix comes in with a plus 6.2. Pacers come in with a plus 5.1. Sixers and Mavs sitting both around plus four and a half. Now, I do know something about defensive net ratings. If you're anything above a plus five, um, you are almost always doubling your wins from losses. Uh, That has been kind of league-wide over the last – since they've been doing this, this has become a really – a big thing over the course of the last five or six years, the defensive net ratings. So fellas, let's talk about a little bit. What, what do these ratings mean to you? Um, How do you guys see this playing out for the rest of the year? And uh, I'm sorry, this is overall net ratings, but either way, this is basically your plus minus over the course of a game at the end of the game. So go ahead, fellas, talk about a little bit there. Milwaukee is really good. Really good. I mean, the, the Lakers and Brooklyn and Phoenix all over six, right? But Milwaukee at a 10, Mark, as you were saying, anything around a five is you, you've got a good amount, good amount of wins versus losses. Milwaukee is playing well. The thing about Milwaukee is that we've seen this before, right? Same song and dance. Win the East and get a first-round home playoff series maybe a second round home playoff series. Uh, but this, this makes, this makes sense. And, and Milwaukee Lakers, Brooklyn, those were all in, in our tier ones, right? Two in the East, one in the West Phoenix and the Pacers. Those are the ones so far. I heard you guys talking last week, Phoenix being the number one defensive rated team. Uh, I think Zach, you had said five games in, We've about doubled that, um, and they've kept their defense to a point where their offense is able to to do uh, to continue to do, and they're a plus six two um, in those net ratings. And then Zach, clear your throat, get a glass of mm. water. Get, Hold on. Hold there on. we go. Mm, mm. Okay. Yep. I'm ready. One. And so then at six we have the 76ers. All right. And, uh, <laughs> But, but at five, we have the Pacers. How are you feeling about your team so far? I feel great. I think my – I try not to get too excited on this early of a season, right? When you have a change of a head coach and you have a new system, um, my brother and I try not to talk about it too, too often or get too giddy, but it's kind of getting hard. <laughs> right. If not now, when? <laughs> I know. So it's awesome. You know, TJ Warren getting injured and having that surgery on his stretch, uh, stress fracture on his uh, left foot, that really hurts. You're losing 20 points a game right there. But the fact that Oladipo looks healthy, he's, he's dunking, he's getting to the lane. He's, he's taking hard charge. He's doing what he does. He looks like Oladipo of old. Um, he still hasn't, to me, he still gets a little tired every now and then, but Brogdon is out here just balling right now. 
Malcolm Brogdon is our best player on the team. I know Sabonis is there, but as far as floor general, they call him the president because when he talks, he sounds like Barack Obama. Shout out to Barack. <laughs> um, but I, I love seeing him there in the top five. They're really early. I mean, they're, they're seven, they're what, seven and four, whatever they're at, six and four. Um, they're really exciting. But I got to watch Phoenix play them uh, the last game. Phoenix is awesome. Phoenix is really, really fun to watch. Chris, who we, you know, he keep Chris Paul keeps popping up in our episodes, which is, is funny to me. I think, yeah, he, to, to me, he's still probably one of the best point guards in the league. If not, when it comes to being traditional point guard and leading your team and, you know, and I think he's in the best situation he can be in. And he's probably been in, in the last couple seasons. I don't know if you guys agree with me there, but I think he's in the best situation for him as far as, leading a young team and mentoring like a Devin Booker. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's great. Those two teams are awesome. Yeah, I agree. I, I like, I really like what Phoenix is doing and I think they're going to be a challenge. The interesting part about these ratings that I always see is that you're going to see your top four or five teams in the league sitting in the top four or five of these, of these overall ratings at the end of the regular season. Now the interesting part are the teams that can turn this on or amp this up even more in the postseason. Uh, Lakers right now are coasting, literally coasting to a plus seven, which tells you how much talent they have. I would honestly say the same for Brooklyn in the East. They have so much talent on that roster, as we saw without Durant or Irving a few games ago. They have so much talent. The Lakers are in a similar boat. And the Lakers are also led by two of the top three players in the NBA. And they're coasting at a plus seven. And they're both figuring out how to bring a whole bunch of new players into their system. Right. And this is Milwaukee's MO in the regular season, right? We're going to dominate you defensively. They have the personnel to do that. Uh, The problem becomes offense for them in the postseason. So, you know, other teams figure out their defense a little bit, and they have trouble figuring out the adjustments that the other teams are making. And so you see that plus dip down a little bit in the playoffs over the course of the last few years. And now you got yourself an even series. And now it's just who's making shots at the end of games. And right now they haven't done that, but the Lakers are coasting with a plus seven. Um, You know, they, they played, they played the Rockets tonight and just something I want to add about the Lakers that this is the hardest um, I've personally seen them play. Um, And we're sitting at game 11 of the season, just about when I thought they'd start turning it on. And if you were to tell me that they're seven and three after 10 games, after giving the effort that they've given through those first 10 games, I would have told you, wow. Um, if you thought they were scary before the season started, um, if they're sitting at seven, three with this type of effort, you know, look out. And right now they're up almost 20 on the Rockets. Um, Christian Wood said he circled this game. Um, <laughs> and he said he was going to give AD everything he had. Uh, AD's missed one shot tonight and has 26 points. So, um, <laughs> Christian Wood, I like you. You're a good player. Um, I'd recommend maybe not doing that um, to the defending champs, but it, it was also a good thing. I'm just, my point being, I'm seeing them kind of in full form right now. Really scary roster, and they amp it up as the season goes on as well. So this list is overall pretty pretty true. Um, and, Mike, what else did you have on that and, and kind of what stood out to you? 
Well, it's it's going to move into what we're going to talk about here next, too. But to your point, Mark, this is Milwaukee's M.O. If we look at the five uh, highest scoring offenses in the league right now, Milwaukee is one 122 points a game. You know what you're not going to put up in the playoffs? 122 points a game. Right. And that plus 10 as they gets closer and closer and these teams continue to put, I'm not going to say more effort, but they're dialed in more and more. You can't, you, you're not going to put up 120 points a game in the playoffs. Washington's at 119. They're two and seven, right? Brooklyn, man, can they score? Chicago getting Billy Donovan in there and pushing the pace. They played the Lakers a couple of days ago. They are putting up 116. And then your Pacers. Yeah, yeah. Your Pacers, Zach, you talked about how they're shooting early in the shot clock. They're trying to get uh, get the ball moving and get that going um, and getting some shots up and taking more threes than they were before and running maybe a little less offense and a little more motion and some early clock shots. So, But how many of those teams and what it tells me about the Lakers, because I don't know that the Lakers are in the top ten, but they're still a plus seven and their defense is nasty. Wes Matthews coming out streaky shooter. I think he has 16 threes, 15 of them are in three games, but he is, he adds to that defensively. You know, we've got a potential defensive player of the year all the time, or there is a potential defensive player of the year all the time in Anthony Davis. And so that plus seven, and what does it look like for Brooklyn as we get into the playoffs this year. But that right now is maybe the top seven teams, that net rating. What does that look like in the playoffs? What does that look like moving forward? So with that, um, we are going to each do kind of a pick them here uh, to finish this episode. We're going to do kind of a pick them, just a team maybe that we have, um, that we've seen play or that um, we've kind of just kept our eye on that has surprised us. Um, and I know Zach talked a little bit about it, um, but Zach, I'm going to let you start this part of this finishing part of the episode and why I want you to just both you guys tell me, why do you see whatever team it is that you feel like has surprised you the most? And it can even be the team you like the most, but why has this team stood out to you and what do you foresee for them for the rest of the year? I'm gonna, I know we, we keep bringing them up. We I mentioned Chris Paul sons are going to continue to be my team. Um, as far as kind of surprising, did we see this happening just with that addition or maybe changes Crowder's a huge addition to them. You know, he's not one that keeps being brought up, but he's a huge, huge part of that offense. We've seen him hit big shots at for Miami last year. Um, he came out and said after that game, after the Pacers game, he had 15, 15 offers from teams in the off season and he chose to come to the Suns with Chris Paul, which is awesome to me. And I just um, I want to I want to interject. We actually had them in the tier three in the Western Conference in our absolutely preview. We did not maybe foresee this happening so quickly and and standing out to us. So the only thing that I will and, and Tink, you know, we we talk about this guy probably once a week, but Aiton is. 
I wanted him to be better to start the year off. I've been pretty disappointed in his play and he can score defensively. I'm watched a DeMontis to me, a smaller bodied DeMontis Sabonis make him look just inadequate and got him into foul trouble. He's getting into foul trouble a lot. He has to learn to, hold his ground in the paint and, and, and keep his hands straight up for blocks. And he he's, he's not moving his feet too quick. I mean, he's, it's just not, it's not good. I know he's still a young player, but to me, having him be solid come playoff time is going to be a huge key for them to continue where they're at. What about you, Mike? Who do you got? Well, I don't know exactly. I mean, I could wax poetic on the Lakers for a while, Phoenix also, they just, we talk about them every week, but I'll tell you what I did this week. Mark, you had mentioned, I don't know, two or three episodes ago that um, New Orleans is one of those teams that you just put on. New Orleans and Charlotte played the other night and I watched that game and Charlotte's got something going. I mean, with LaMelo and Miles Bridges and Biombo down there who doesn't have to do a ton but just get those pocket passes and, and then block. And Gordon Hayward, uh, Malik Monk is hurt right now, I think. Um, but, man, they were fun to watch. And they beat, they beat New Orleans. And uh, I really wanted LaMelo to get his triple-double. He ended up with nine assists because he would have been the youngest. I was like, oh, well, there's a shot. Well, what does he do the next game? Becomes the youngest player in league history to get a triple-double. I know you guys talked about that with Coach O last week. Five, seven, ten years from now, who's the name that out of those first and second-year players right now that's going to be the biggest? LaMelo. And you know Charlotte's 500 right now? I, I, I wouldn't have – I mean, they're 5-5. Five and five. I, they, they are playing really well. Yeah, they are playing really well. They're fun to watch. And just mentioning those two teams, and I'll just say this real quick, and I'll, Mike, I'll, I'll let you get or Mark finish up, whatever. But when you see those two teams play or, you know, a John Morant play, you kind of – what's kind of exciting is you go – those older players like LeBron, obviously he's maybe three, however many seasons he's got left, you go, wow, the NBA is in a really good place with young talent. Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful to watch. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball in here. My surprise team is the Denver Nuggets. And it's not for the reason you think. The Denver Nuggets are only five and five this year, and we had them in our top tier with the Lakers in the West. Um, we had them as the second team, the second best team in the West, coming off that bubble and doing what they did in the playoffs. I was really confident that they were going to carry that directly into this regular season. And I wouldn't have been shocked if they started off this year, nine and one, just based on how they were playing last year, um, you know, basically against everybody, but the Lakers, they're only sitting at five and five. And so they're my surprising because they are, they're really underperforming and their effort, their roster took such a hit with players like Jeremy Grant leaving left for the same money but left to go to Detroit to play under a different GM, a different coach. He did it for his own personal reasons, being from Detroit. 
And he's actually been the best player on the Detroit Pistons. And so kind of holding true, I, I think um, everybody wanted to see some of those guys that were in the bubble making such a playoff impact take a step. And I don't know if they have. Um, so are the Nuggets back to being who they were previous to the bubble? Are they going to continue being the team that has a pretty good regular season, has a lot of talent, but doesn't capitalize in the playoffs? Will be is remain to be seen. But five on five for me isn't doing it for the Denver Nuggets. I, I would have thought that that would have been a much better start to the regular season. And especially when you see the you know, Golden State Warriors sitting at five and four um, without Clay Thompson, you know, ahead of them in the standings so far. Um, so Denver Nuggets, we, we're going to need you to, to pick it up a little bit because uh, we had you as a top two team and we don't like being wrong about our predictions, do we? Now I'm going to need you to come out of the game. <laughs> yeah, we're going right. to come out of the game. Thank you. We needed that added this episode. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. I should have said about Paul George earlier, but we'll leave it here. Paul George needs to come out. Okay. We can always say it about Paul George. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Doesn't need context. So for episode six, guys, that is all we had. We hope that you guys have a great start to the 2021 year. We will be back for episode seven. Um, in the next few days, we got to get caught up and get you guys some good content. So we will be back in the next few days. And for us here at X's and O's, Mark, Mike, and Zach, we say peace. Kobe or not Kobe, Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. Peace out. See ya. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.